in this episode, I want to talk about the myth of having it all. And this is a thing that many of us, I think, struggle with is this belief that if we could just get it right, if we can just work hard enough, if we can just manage our time better, we can have it all. And the truth is you can't, but you can have more of what matters the most to you. This is Invincible Career. I'm Larry Cornett. So I want to start with a quote from Alain de Botton. This is from a TED Talk that he gave, which is about success and failure. And I, I really found it inspirational. I highly recommend looking it up. And he said, you can't be successful at everything. We hear a lot of talk about work-life balance. Nonsense. You can't have it all. You can't. Fame, fortune, and family. Why, why can't we have all of those at once? Why can't we be amazingly successful at work and wonderful partners to our loved ones? Why can't we rocket up the career ladder and be great parents? Why can't we be in peak physical health, read all the books we want, listen to music, play music, be a great dancer, be able to work hard and enjoy vacations all the time, appreciate the little things, and become a billionaire? Yeah, I'm sorry, but you can't have it all. At one time, I thought it was possible. Heck, I pursued it for many, many years. However, you inevitably sacrifice something. I achieved many things that I wanted, but I lost others that were even more important. I succeeded and I failed. In the end, I was miserable. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, though. You may not be able to have it all, whatever, whatever having it all means, but you can have more of what matters most to you if you take the time to understand yourself better and make some really tough decisions. But why do we think that we can have it all in the first place? And I don't know if this is an American thing or if other people feel this way around the world. I don't know. I was raised in the U.S., a big part of my life in the 80s, so maybe this is part of my generation. I don't know. We thought we could have it all. But why do we fall for this false dream? Well, the first thing is we get tricked by survivorship bias. Our social media feeds, news, everything is chock full of all these stories from the super successful people. I don't think you can go a day without hearing something about Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and all the stuff that they're up to. Our heroes, who supposedly have it all, they're interviewed constantly, they're quoted every day, they're shared left and right on social media. We are so bombarded with their names and stories that we start to believe that achieving their success is realistic. We can have it all too. If we follow the way they handle their morning routine and eat the food they eat and use their task managing skills, we can have it all too. 
And there's a quote from David McRaney. It says, survivorship bias also flash freezes your brain into a state of ignorance from which you believe success is more common than it truly is. And therefore you leap to the conclusion that it must also be easier to obtain. And that's what's going on with everything we're seeing in the news and on social media. The other reason I think we fall for this is the power of privilege. The people we think, quote, have it all, they're not like you and me. Chasing in their footsteps will often take us down a path of misery and failure. It happens a lot. Many people try, and they fail. Why is that? Well, it's because those people had numerous hidden advantages. They had lucky timing. They got lucky. Lots of situations and things were set up in such a way that you can never replicate that fully. In Malcolm Gladwell's Outliers, The Story of Success, he provides numerous examples across multiple domains that include sports and politics and business that success arises out of the steady accumulation of advantages. These advantages include lucky timing and being given extraordinary opportunities things that we haven't enjoyed. We can't have it all just like our heroes seem to because they have privileges that we will never enjoy. But the reality is they don't really have it all either, despite the way they're portrayed in the media, despite what they share on social media. They really don't. And why is that? I think it's because having it all is fundamentally impossible. It is. I've had this conversation with so many people before. Actually, (laughs) I, I literally just had this conversation on social media today. I was talking on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn, and I was asking the question about having it all. And I was surprised by how many people thought that it was possible. And people become surprisingly upset and angry. And again today they did. (laughs) When I say, it's actually impossible to have it all. They say, I don't know what I'm talking about. They are different. They are special. They will be the ones who are wildly successful and able to really, really have it all. The problem is, I can't think of a single person who does have it all. I mean, occasionally someone appears to be that magical unicorn. It's like, wow, they really have it all. And that can be true for years, maybe even decades, because we really don't know people's lives. But inevitably, the truth does come out. And I discover that one or more aspects of their lives, it's a complete train wreck. I mean, have you read about the personal lives of Steve Jobs? Have you read about Elon Musk and his life? And I've linked some of these stories in this newsletter that's associated with this podcast. If you go to newsletter.invinciblecareer.com, this is called No, You Can't Have It All, issue 289. So you can check out some of these links, and I link to some of the books and talks too. So yeah, you can check out the story of Steve Jobs and Elon Musk. Maybe you've heard it already. 
But have you been watching recently the drama of the marriages of Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates falling apart? I mean, people were very surprised. They seem like they must have it all. These are multi-billionaires. Jeff Bezos at one time, maybe is again, he and Elon Musk like to play this game. Who's the wealthiest person in the entire world? They seem like they have it all. But behind the scenes, their lives are kind of falling apart. Tony Robbins talked about that. Speaking of a train wreck, (laughs) he mentioned this in a podcast with James Altucher. He said that he knows plenty of successful, wealthy people who simply aren't happy. They're just not happy. And he said, money makes you more of who you are. It doesn't change people. So despite seeming to have it all, if there are issues in their life and there have been issues in their life you know, forever, like we all do, then they don't have it all. And the important thing about it being fundamentally impossible is unless you have a time machine, the hours in your day are finite. Your attention is finite. Your energy is finite. The more you fragment your time and attention and energy trying to do it all, trying to have it all, the less value you deliver to each task and activity. And the question you have to ask yourself is, would you rather lose it all? Trying to pursue having it all, would you want to risk losing it all? You cannot and you should not try to excel in everything at the same time. You shouldn't even try to do an average job at some of this stuff, you know? You're going to crush yourself, and that, that's your job, chasing a title, you know, trying to have a world-class career, trying to accumulate wealth, trying to be as fit as possible, trying to be as healthy as possible, trying to be the best significant other you can be, trying to be a fantastic parent, being a great friend to everyone, constantly working on your self-improvement. I'm not saying that these things aren't important. I'm just saying it's almost impossible. I mean, it is impossible to be excellent at every single one of these all of the time. If you try, you will be stressed, you'll be anxious, and you're going to eventually burn out. Something has to give. Worse, you will fail at things that are probably more important than many other things that are nibbling away at your time. For example, I failed at being a good parent when I was trying to be a great employee. I was so focused on my career for years that I wasn't around as much as I should have been. And I, I feel incredibly sad about those lost years, those lost years with my children, because I could never get them back. Never. You can intentionally choose what you want to focus on now and what must wait. You can stop lying to yourself that you're capable of simultaneously juggling every single ball in your life. Be honest about the choices you're making. Sometimes they're choices you have to make. Most of us have to work. We have to make a living. But be honest about it and admit the trade-offs you're choosing. It's empowering. It's more empowering to be in control 
of those decisions, those decisions about how you're going to focus your time and energy. Don't try to kid yourself that you can do it all. And I have another quote from Mark Manson. But what if the answer isn't to do more? What if the answer is to want less? What if the solution is simply accepting our bounded potential, our unfortunate tendency as humans to inhabit only one place in space and time? What if we recognize our life's inevitable limitations and then prioritize what we care about based on those limitations? What if it's as simple as stating, this is what I choose to value more than everything else, and then living with it? Please don't fall for the BS that people spout about having it all, all over social media. I'm even hearing it today. (laughs) They don't. They don't have it all, and they never will, no matter how much they scream that they are. If you watch people's lives long enough, you will see cracks in the veneer. I mean, yes, you will sometimes have to prioritize work over your life especially if you're trying to climb the career ladder aggressively. Make as much money as possible and invest it for your future. You're going to have to make some trade-offs. However, when you create a long-term plan and intentionally make those choices, you know when it's time to switch gears. You know when you want to shuffle your priorities and put more important things on top, like your family and your health. So you may not be able to have it all, but you can have more of what matters. What if I told you that it's better to ruthlessly prioritize how you spend your day so you can focus more on fewer things? When I was ruthless about prioritizing my life, I finally put my family and my health at the top of the list. My career was no longer in the number one position. And as I said earlier, it had been for years, but I finally decided that enough was enough. My family relationships and my health had suffered for way too long. I just couldn't keep doing it. And with age and experience, hopefully there there comes a little bit of wisdom. And so I learned and accepted that I just couldn't have it all. I had to decide what would be sacrificed. And I decided that it could no longer be my family relationships or my health. And as a consequence my career had to take a back seat. You know, I left the corporate world 11 years ago. I stopped being an executive at a tech company. Decided not to go back into it. I mean, it was good. I mean, that was a great, almost two decades of my life, but at some point, I had to make a change. And if we wanted to dial back my work, you know, so I could go independent and income, because it does, you know, becoming a small business owner after being an executive, you dial back your income. Then we also had to dial back our lifestyle and our expenditures. And if I wanted more freedom to be able to invest in the things that mattered more to me, I had to leave that Silicon Valley rat race, and we did. And the problem is when you're deep in that bubble, it is all-consuming. I was in it for almost 20 years. You can't imagine doing anything else. You can't imagine living any other way. I saw somebody talking about this. They said, oh, I'm so frustrated and burned out. 
and tired and depressed and so much anxiety. I hate my job and this and that. And I want to make a change and I want an answer. I want to know what to do. But let me just, let me just state this up front. I cannot lower my income. I can't change the way I live. I, I cannot reduce my lifestyle. It's like, okay, so you want it all, even if it's making you miserable. And it's the problem. You get into that bubble and you think you can't live any other way and everything seems much more important than it really is. So I had to take a step away. I took the summer off and I got away from that kind of crazy intense world for a few months and it gave me a new perspective on life and I re-engaged with my family and I invested in my health. And when we moved out of the Bay Area and got out of that tech bubble, it refreshed my view of the world too. And I'm not saying this happened overnight. This was a period of years. And I'm not saying it was easy. It was not easy. It was difficult. It was really hard. It was a really painful process of letting go of the past and a bit of rebirth. But the funny thing is, after giving all that up, I'm happier now than I ever was before. I have less of what I used to think mattered the most, but I discovered it actually mattered very little. Having a prestigious title, having more money, having tons of possessions. You know, I talked about my fancy car I used to have in the big old house. And now I have more of what matters most to me. What's more important? Time with my family. My freedom my health. And it makes me more than satisfied that I gave up trying to have it all. So how can you take back control? If any of this resonates, if you are struggling with trying to have it all or have too much, well, if you prioritized everything in your life into a force ranked list, and I mean, you can't have five number ones, <laughs> you have to force rank it. What is really number one? What is really number two? What would that list look like? Consider all the dimensions of your life, and that's love and relationships, your family, your friendships, your health and wellness, your fitness, your career, your possessions, what you own, your nest egg that you're building, your retirement. Force rank it. And then take a look and say, am I spending my time and energy where I want? Does my investment of my time and energy reflect how I prioritize this list? And if it doesn't, then what's your plan to change that? And it may be a long-term plan that you'll have to work on over time, but what's your plan? I was recently talking with a client about this problem. They're trying to juggle it all. And, you know, they love their job. They have a family. Everything is good but it's overwhelming. They're feeling overwhelmed trying to do it all. They're really worried about burning out. They feel like they're burning out. Everything feels urgent and important. Everything wants their time. So what can you do about it? How do you take back control of where you focus your time and energy? I want to share a few steps that I think can help. First, define what having it all means for you. Question every single item you put on that having it all list. I love the five whys technique. It's useful for uncovering problems and issues and getting to the root of something. It works for this too. When you have something that you say you want, and maybe that's, hey, I really want 
this job title. It's really important to me. I want you to ask yourself why. Why is that important to you? And whatever you come up with as an answer, ask, well, why does that matter? Why is that important to you? You know, maybe I want this job title because my reputation is important to me. Why is your reputation important to you? Well, it's important to me because I want people to respect me. Why do you want people to respect you? Why does that matter? Keep asking why over and over again, the five whys until you get to the root of it. I used to think that my job title was really important. It was on my list of having it all. It meant a lot to me. I had to become an executive and then I wanted to become a CEO someday. And I had a taste of both. You know, I was a VP at Yahoo. I founded my own startup. I was a CEO of a tiny little company. And I found out that as much as I thought it would matter, it doesn't. I didn't, I didn't care. The higher I climbed that career ladder, the less appealing it was to me. It became meaningless. So I deprioritized it and it dropped off my list. So once you have that definition, you have that list, then prioritize it. Don't give something the priority that someone else thinks it deserves. So don't rank something on your list because your boss thinks it's important. Be true to yourself. Be true to your own needs. Prioritize that list based on how you feel about things and what you want. And then I recommend using the Eisenhower matrix. There's a quote from Dwight Eisenhower, what is important is seldom urgent and what is urgent is seldom important. And you've probably experienced that. It's a really useful matrix. I linked it in the newsletter online. If you go to newsletter.invinciblecareer.com and it really helps you determine how urgent and vital each task is. And so you make this kind of grid uh, with four quadrants, map everything into one of those quadrants. So things that are urgent and important, they need your prompt attention. That's like you have to get your car repaired. It broke down. You know, you need your car to get to work. Things that aren't, they're not urgent. They're not, but they're important. They deserve your attention. You tend to put these off. And so one could be writing a book that's going to help your career. Super important, but just doesn't feel urgent. And then things that are urgent and not important, that's the usual garbage that's dumped in your lap all the time, Right. These are things you should try to avoid, get rid of, try to delegate. You know, that's when your boss says, hey, I want you to attend this birthday party planning meeting in the next hour because we're going to have a, a party for Bob tomorrow. That's not, that's not important. It's urgent for your boss and your boss is demanding it, but it's not important. And then finally, the last quadrant are things that are not urgent and they're not important. And sometimes that's fine. That's recreational, like playing guitar. But a lot of times, it's just stuff that's wasting our time and it provides very little value just scrolling endlessly through social media. The next thing you can try is trying to escape what I'm, I'm going to call the zero-sum game. There are some activities that they steal time from more important items on your list. You have limited time in a day, right? Directly trading time for money is one of those traps, you know, working for hourly. You know, it's, it's better to invest that time in an activity that generates returns forever instead of paying you once. You know, I face that in my business all the time. When someone hires me for consulting, you know, I get paid once for an hour that I spend with somebody. You know, it's one payment for one hour work. 
The hour's gone. I never make any more income from that moment in time ever again. Gone. But when I spend an hour writing a story that I publish on Medium, for example, that activity, that hour generates income forever. I do it once and it generates income forever. And this is kind of a high leverage activity. If you've read this great post by Naval Ravikant, How to Get Rich, he talks about what true wealth is and it's not it's not money. He talks about true wealth. He talks about the purpose of, of trying to have true wealth and finding your leverage. There's a quote where he says, wealth is a thing that you want, not just being rich. Wealth is assets that earn while you sleep. It's the factory of robots cranking out things. Wealth is a computer program running at night that's serving other customers. Wealth is money in the bank that is reinvested into other assets and businesses. So it's getting more out of your time and energy and assets instead of being a zero-sum game. An important step that you can try is to only give items the time they deserve. And this is a tough one. You have to give tasks and activities what they deserve, not the time they want or even what it requires. It will create a fundamental shift in your life and how you spend your time. For example, marketing my business could easily consume eight hours of my day. Will it take all of the time if I let it? Yeah. It could easily eat up my entire day. Does it deserve all that time? Not at all. I have more important things stacked higher on my list. So time box activities that you must do, but they don't deserve unfettered access to your time and attention. It forces you to be more efficient too, because we all know that work expands to fill the time you give it. That's Parkinson's law. Then the next step is to evaluate each prioritization decision. First, assess the commitment of time and attention and energy for each item on your list, you know, starting top down. And then decide how you want to budget your resources, your time and attention. Your time is finite. So if you choose to do one thing, that means you can do less of another thing. For example, if you decide to dedicate six hours a week to item number four, whatever that is, where does that time come from? What will you give up to make that happen? And then finally, do a cost-benefit analysis. Will you be satisfied with this trade-off in the short term if it pays off? You know, if you spend less time with your family to get promoted in six months, will you be satisfied with that? Will you still be happy with this choice in the long run? You know, the sacrifice was worth it to land that executive role, even if your children feel less connected to you years from now. And I can hear some people hearing that and saying, hey, Larry, knock it off. Knock off those exaggerated scare tactics. But I'm not making up some fictional example. This is from my life. I worked really long hours for over six years, 12 to 14 hour days. I worked nights. I worked weekends. I didn't take a vacation for years and years. And I did all that to land a series of promotions. and. Don't get me wrong, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for the support from my leadership and the recognition. The salary boost did give my family a nice life, but I paid a heavy price. Years later, one of my children said to my wife, I'm a little nervous around dad because I don't really know him. I mean, they barely saw me Monday through Friday. Work interrupted my weekends. How do you think that made me feel? Broke my heart. I mean, I can never get that time back and my relationships with my children will never be as strong 
as what they have with my wife. Another very effective technique is to use time blocking. So time block your calendar and fiercely protect your scheduled high priority, high priority activities. So this is really useful for those not urgent but important tasks that we tend to put off forever. I use time blocking, and this is more than just scheduling 30 or 60 minutes. It's like blocks, you know, three, four hour blocks of time. I mean, I do this to have dedicated calendar time for the most important activities for me. Otherwise, all these urgent little things creep in and they steal away my day. You know, I set up recurring blocks of time for morning journaling, daily exercise, working on my podcast, hello, writing newsletters and articles, marketing activities, time with my career community, strategically working on my business instead of always working in it, and then time with my family, of course. And I linked an excellent article, uh, it's a blog post from Todoist, and it's all about time blocking, day theming, something that Jack Dorsey does, time boxing, time batching, it's good stuff. It's in the newsletter. You know, you really need to protect your scarce resources. It really comes down to this. This is kind of the last step. Aggressively protect and manage your time, your attention, and your energy. They're your most precious resources. They're not infinite. You know, for example, eliminate energy vampires. These are the people that drag you down, people that argue with you on Twitter. Just get rid of it. It's not worth it. Delegate tasks that you don't want to do. You know, they bring you down too. Eventually, if you can find a way to delegate it, that's going to free you up. Delegate the activities that you should not be doing. They may be things you like to do. Maybe they're fun. But if you want to accomplish the most important things on your list, maybe you shouldn't be doing them. And really important, don't let other, other people force themselves into your working life. Don't let them force themselves into your personal life. When you're trying to get stuff done or you don't want to be bothered, set up do not disturb on your phone. Let the calls go to voicemail. Do batch responses to, to messages instead of responding as they come in. A lot of stuff, but it's all important to manage your really scarce resources of time, attention, and energy. So I know this was a long one. I hope it helps. I hope you can redefine what having it all means for you so that it's realistic and it's achievable. And when you do finally have it all, a realistic version of having it all, it gives you a sense of happiness and fulfillment. It is possible. I also hope that some of these strategies can help you reclaim your time and freedom to focus on the things that matter most to you. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you would like to follow upcoming releases of the show, please subscribe. And as always, I appreciate your ratings and reviews. Thank you. If you would like to learn more about Invincible Career and the podcast, you can visit InvincibleCareer.com. Until next time, I wish you the best of luck in becoming an opportunity magnet for the best things in life.